You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hog Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 81 of East Central Indiana's favorite podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill, and I'm joined by co-host, Mr. Dakota Davis. Today's episode is going to be featuring a candidate for District 6 Congress, Janine Lee Lake. Janine, am I saying that correctly? Yes, you are. Janine Lacretia Lois Lee Lake. Okay. Well, There's four names in there. I'll just I'll <laughs> stick with Lee Lake. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, she's running for District 6 Congress in the state of Indiana. Uh, she's running against uh, Republican Greg Pence, the vice president's brother, and Libertarian Tom Firkinoff. Um, we're going to be asking you all kinds of questions today about uh, your platform, the things that matter to you, and what you want to bring with you to Washington, D.C., so this show is about our lives in rural Indiana, and as always, we promise our episodes are going to be a fun and an easy listen. Uh, some of the people in the room may or may not be consuming some sort of beverage that you have to be 21 and older to have, because we're free Americans. And uh, That's right. But it makes the show fun. Yes, it does. <laughs> I have fun every week. I'm 21 times two plus what? Yeah. Know, Seven? Yeah. We didn't, we weren't going to say anything. <laughs> we started doing this show, and Dakota was 21 plus zero. He was right yeah. there. Was, yeah. uh, you were 21, though, at the time, right? Just barely? Like, yeah, you, yeah, just barely. Yeah, like by a month or two. Yeah. yeah, Barely. He's just grown up on the air. Uh, when he started, he thought Bud Light was trendy. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> now it's a little, little more. Okay. Yep. Uh, so we got some people to thank. That's right. We, uh, of course, every week have to thank the people who support us on Patreon. You keep the lights on in our brand new studio, and you help us replace equipment when it fails, just like our headphone amp just did before we started this episode. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So if you want to join uh, the Patreon group, then uh, you can go over to patreon.com slash Liberty. Uh, sign up. You're joining a great group of people who support us. You get all kinds of extra bonus content, access to a Facebook group, and all kinds of really cool things. You get Dakota's uh, extra show with Audrey. Yeah, that hasn't happened Tin, this week. Tinfoil time. You guys are trying to move right in election season. When we're, yeah. doing, we're doing about eight shows this month. And you said, you know what would be a good thing? I'm going to sell my house and move. That's right. It nice. seemed like the perfect time. Yeah, perfect. And yep. we moved the studio, too, So because you all we had to move out of your house. That's right. And then, of course, we have our sponsor to thank, which is uh, Big Bounce in Newcastle, Indiana. Big Bounce Inflatables is on Main Street, and uh, they are sponsoring us today for the show. Uh, it is a family-run business. Big Bounce prides itself on their premium ice cream, their friendly staff, and their competitive prices. They offer a safe environment for kids and a fun place for parties and gatherings. They, uh, they offer birthday parties, corporate parties, rentals, and fun for all ages and great price points. You can go on to their website, or you can call them up, and you can order a Big Bounce house. So nice. when, when we have the grand opening for the Davis residents down there in Spiceland, 
Yeah. Uh, I think we need to have a big bounce inflatable. That sounds great. I got uh, the perfect spot for it. And then we've been trying to marry off Chase Payton uh, so we could have a bachelor party down in Nashville like you and I did. Yeah. But I'm starting to think maybe we just need to have uh, have a big party, a big bounce for Chase. And we have about, they've got 200 inflatables down there. We can hang out and, and I, I'm sure we could have a hell of a time. Yeah, we could, have, we could do great with 200 inflatables. Could you imagine the bachelor party fun that could happen? <laughs> so make your reservation... Mush mouth. Make your reservation now at bigbouncefun.com or you can call 765-325-JUMP. All right. Operator, I'm ready to operators start. are standing by. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm All right. ready to uh, so, start grilling and grilling Miss Lake over no, here with but, some so, tough so questions. This, so this other guy, he's not chopped liver. Right. Uh, well, sure? I'm just over in the there? corner. It's fine. Over, it's here, fine. over here on the other side, we do have elected I'm, official... I'm uh, he's got his. Is that my My Little Pony cup? You're yes. drinking out of. Uh, was talking. <laughs> was talking with L before I left, and Dakota L says hi. I'm supposed oh, to nice. tell you that. Did you get her Weenie World um, Sunday? Did not, and we stopped at, at a gas station for a beverage. Um, so uh, I we were talking about a message I could send her. I said I'll just drink my coffee out of the My Little Pony mug tonight. There you go. So we have Aaron Dickin, Newcastle City Councilman. Uh, a year from facing the voters for his reelection, so he's he's out here That's doing right. a, a Certain, good PR campaign, trying to get on the good yeah. side of the voters. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I'm trying to wait till I actually declare, uh, <laughs> you know, what I would be running for. So, ooh, ooh, just, there's some doubt trying there. to what know, I could be running. Wait, for. just wait and be official. Okay, all right. Is all your right. campaign account still open? Are you are you filing? You you do you doing the the filings? Yeah, uh, no, I think I closed everything out actually. Oh, and I'll just reopen it. Yeah, right yeah. You don't want to say you're doing anything too soon, or else you end up in front of the election board. Exactly. Lord knows I've been fined before. It's easy to do. Uh, the courier, <laughs> <laughs> the courier this week. Uh, there was some fake news from Travis Wyke about my campaign. Yeah, there was. I read I saw that, that, and I tried to correct it. They uh, they said that my uh, my my little handouts may not be correct because they said that they were paid for. Not they, well, they didn't say they were authorized by. They said they're paid for my by my campaign committee, which is all you have to I, do. I can tell. You, I designed mm. if, those if you did handouts. It yourself. <laughs> I designed the handouts. I know they're right, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> we checked the law. Yeah, <laughs> no yeah, such thing so. as bad publicity now, though. Man. It was it was edgy there for a minute. I woke up and I read that. And I went, man, <laughs> darts are flying this morning. Six a.m. Wake up to the newspaper and drove through the mud. Yeah, like, we did nothing wrong. I can't swear about anybody else that might have done something wrong, but we did. All, our campaign was okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, so let's let's learn about uh, Mrs. Lake, Janine Lee Lake. She uh, she won the ninety seven way primary <laughs> this, right. this May, and we tried to work work a number of the candidates on, and we never we connected with you. I think we tried to talk to you election night after your big win, but we didn't have you through in the primary series. So, who are you, and what are you doing here? How how do we get to this point? Right. Well, um, I did have about ninety seven um, opponents, uh, whittled down to five. <laughs> we had five on the Democrat side and I think maybe about six or so on the other uh, Republican side. And then, of course, um, Tom Firkinoff, who's a friend of, who has become a wonderful friend of ours um, during this process. We show up at the same places a lot and we have a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, I decided in 2017 to run for U.S. Congress. I got in July 4th of 2017 is when I announced um, Independence Day is my favorite holiday. And I've been, uh, you know, dressing up in red, white, and blue, you know, for a long time. I'm 49 <laughs> years old, and um, I just, you know, I'd, I'd actually talked about becoming uh, interested in politics uh, for for several years now. 
But I didn't really take it seriously. It was always one of those, oh, I'll get there, you know, maybe when I'm 55 or, you know, later. And, you know, I just, um, I, the more, after, after Donald Trump won in, in 2016, I just felt like there was, there was, a, there were, and before then too, not, not just during that time, um, but there was just so much rhetoric and negativity kind of in the air. And, you know, you kept thinking, okay, well, you know, maybe in January of 2017, people will calm down, we'll all kind of, you know, shake things a bit and then, you know, settle down and we'll come together. And it just seems like it just kept getting worse. And the rhetoric got hotter on the left and the right. And just, it just got kind of got crazy. And since I, you know, I'm a person of faith and I've always tried to, you know, be a, a person that would unite people and bring people together and, you know, try to bring, um, you know, sensible adults in the room, as they say, um, that's kind of what we do as pastors and ministers. Uh, my husband's an associate pastor at Greater Grace. My dad's a pastor. <laughs> He's been a pastor <laughs> for 51 years. I've, I've got two grandfathers that are also pastors and ministers, um, and I'm not sure about the great people, <laughs> the great grandfathers. <laughs> but so like, and then literally, since I have 12 brothers and two sisters, I have um, two of my sisters are ordained pa- ministers, and then I have six brothers that are also ordained ministers. So you know, we're, we're just always trying to find the good and build people up and all this stuff. And so, yeah, that was, uh, I just, I didn't like the way it sounded. And since I'm not a preacher, I thought, you know what, we'll try, we'll try to see if we can make a difference this way. So this is your first foray into politics. Yes, it is. So, I, I never even won school count, like school <laughs> council or anything like that. I never even tried to like, do, you know, put the big posters up and, you know, with the, you know, crayons and all that stuff, like for, you know, school treasurer. No, I've never actually, this is the, the May primary was my first uh, official uh, winning at any, uh, so you're, any kind of you're one and oh, I'm one and oh, dude. You're saving your momentum. <laughs> All right. So we saved the best for after 50. <laughs> that you picked like the biggest district in the state of Indiana. I, oh my gosh. I, you got some stories from the road as you've been traveling around. You're from Muncie. So you're starting from the northernmost <laughs> part of the top of the thing. And you're going all the way to the river. You were in Oldenburg. We were talking about that before we went on the air, which yeah. is down in the Batesville area. Is that uh, Decatur County or maybe something like somewhere um, in that range? Franklin County. Franklin County. Okay. Franklin yeah. County. Um, Brookville, uh, Batesville, uh, right kind of near, near that area. And I was just down there actually today. Uh, it was the first time I was able to go down to, the, to visit the Sisters of St. Francis, and that was really exciting. Um, they're a politically active group of nuns and, and, and people that are retired nuns and they live in this big, big, um, a big facility and it's really cool, very, uh, you know, historic building. And so, yeah, I, we had a lot of fun down there today. I also went to uh, Indianapolis with, uh, to meet with some unions there and I had a, uh, something Also, this is my probably third stop and then I'm going to try to pass out some signs on the way home. <laughs> Nice. So it's been kind yes. of crazy, but yeah, the district is absolutely huge. Nineteen uh, counties. I think I've put. I just now went over the hundred thousand dollar or hundred thousand uh, miles on my car. So yeah, it's wow. Been in crazy. the campaign, you've done a hundred thousand miles already in sixteen months. Yes, I wow. believe that. I remember whenever we were talking to Jonathan Lamb during the primaries, and he had been, and he had been putting mile after mile on his his truck, and I forget he had a monetary amount of money that he had spent on gas 
and it just totally blew all of us away. Right, right. We don't have a lot of money that comes into this campaign because we're Democrats. <laughs> but, you know, it's amazing how much um, $100, $100 donation will buy two, two tanks of gas. And that's like almost a thousand miles. That's a yeah. lot of miles, mm-hmm. highway miles. And so, you know, when it, when I get that tank filled up, it's like four sixty seven or something that pops up there, and I, we just drive it till you know it's empty, and then get it back again. See, look at that. We're already we're already establishing things that we have in common as Democrats and Libertarians. <laughs> uh-huh. Is that neither one of our campaigns usually generate a lot of money, right? Especially in this area, right? So, and yeah, I, and I hate asking for people for money. Um, I'd rather ask them for votes <laughs> because, you know, dollars can't vote, but people can. Mm. So we'll, we'll, we'll make it easy on you. How, <laughs> how, do, how do they make a donation today if they're interested? Oh, you're very nice. Uh, to Janine Lou Lake for Congress. Uh, it's the longest name. I don't know how my campaign team, uh, Lori Morgan's here. She's our campaign manager, but uh, it was decided kind of before she got here. <laughs> She's not taking responsibility. But it is, it is Janine Lee Lake for Congress.com. Um, and I also have a, a official political Facebook page, Janine Lake, Janine Lee Lake for Indiana. They can go there or PO box two, eight, three, three Muncie, Indiana, four, seven, three, oh, seven. Yes, we are still taking donations. Of course. So, <laughs> so we're, we were talking about how it's hard for you to raise money in this area as a Democrat and same with us for libertarians, but as you've been driving around and you've been talking to people, what has been the reaction from the general public as as you've tried spreading your message? With, with regards to the campaign? Yeah. How have you been received? Well, you know what? It's really funny because uh, when I first started, um, I just, you know, since I've never run, it's all brand new. I really didn't know exactly, you know, what the response would be. Um, this is a 19-county district, but it's also a district that's like about 94% Caucasian. And as an African, a person of color, an African-American woman, you know, there's some places that I've been to, obviously, you know, maybe the, some of the larger cities, but I hadn't been to some of the smaller cities. And, you know, although my family is full of, uh, we're kind of like the Rainbow Coalition. We have, you know, every, literally, I've got blacks, whites, Asian, I'm sorry, Japanese, um, Native American. Um, we have a big rainbow. My stepmother's a white little, little lady. Um, and then I have a stepsister um, as well. And so, you know, I kind of, I, I kind of, it's not like I'm not used to being around a lot of different races and things like that, but I think they were, a lot of these people weren't used to seeing, you know, a person of color. And so, um, that was the one thing that, you know, I had to kind of get over my inhibitions and I felt like they had, they had as well. Uh, now that I've been several times to Ripley County and Versailles and all those places, I mean, literally when I say this, they, they, they really, um, I've fallen in love with my constituents and, it's been the most beautiful kind of uh, process that I, I, I could have never imagined. I'm the J.J. speaker at a lot of different places. We've been... J.J. is um, the Jefferson Jackson dinner, right? There you go. Yeah, I'm up Good on looking. my Democrats. <laughs> I've, I've, I've yet to take him up on his invitation but I'm, uh, to attend one of these <laughs> this things. This is the year, Jeremiah. Yeah. You're always welcome, I promise. As long as when, I'm, when I'm the speaker, you're always welcome to come. We'll see you now, next to the door. <laughs> now, they, now they call it the New Deal sometimes. Um, but... Yeah, so I mean, it, it's been a process, and uh, I, I I believe that the biggest thing that I've learned is that people are love the idea of us bringing people together to the table on issues that typically are hot button hot button issues, whether it's talking about some of the cultural issues like gun 
you know, excuse me, guns or abortion, things like that, that typically people are just, you know, this is what, this is what's You recoil and you go, you get your, you go to your tribe and we can't talk, right? Right. Right. And I don't like that because I'm, you know, I'm a person that, um, I like to bring things to the table and I don't mind controversial issues, but done with respect. And, you know, I just think that's, I think most people don't mind coming there as long as they can, they can feel that you're not going to disrespect them. So uh, speaking to the voters, what's the what's the number one thing that's on their mind and what is the number one thing that you usually bring up? Well, um, outside of just the, the, the part that I think which, which I can be a unifier, they, some people call me the, uni, the unifying candidate, um, the uniter, as it were. Um, outside of that, uh, health care is just the biggest thing that, that Hoosiers hmm. are talking about. 400,000 Hoosiers are, um, you know, on the, Amer- uh, the Affordable Care Act. Um, HIP 2.0 is, you know, being utilized by so many families. Um, so that's, that's the biggest thing people are concerned because, uh, you know, they have these, you know, existing conditions and they're, they're be- they feel as if they're being threatened, whether or not they're going to still be covered. Everything from, uh, you know, getting a buterol for their kids for, that have asthma because it seems like these days everybody's got asthma. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. so many people that have it, uh, diabetes and things like that. So um, I was surprised. That was one of the that's one of the top things. You hear that wherever you go. Yeah, it doesn't make a difference where you're at. So what's your background? You're, uh, before you decided you were going to be a, a congresswoman or a congresswoman waiting, <laughs> what, what was the, what, what's your experience been and your qualifications? What prepared you for now? Well, I've been a newspaper reporter for 30 years. Um, I've worked with Gannett and the Star Press um, uh, for about 15. And then for the last 15, I have done some correspondent writing, but I'm also the owner of the Good News, which took over the Muncie Times um, coverage area. Um, I'd worked for the Muncie Times for a while. That person passed away. And so then we came in, we renamed the newspaper and still kept the same coverage. But then because I am a person of faith, I decided to kind of put a little you know, bend on the good news, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I call it the good news, but also every single story that we write has to have a solution at the end. You're not just going to write, oh, there's terrible, um, you know, um, you know, what do you call it, opioid crisis in, in the 6th District or in this case in Muncie. Yes, there is, but what are we doing about it? What groups are pitching in? Who's trying to help? Who's got, you know, where are the warriors in this situation? And how can we present that in a way uh, that just doesn't leave people with just bad news? So I did that for a while. And then also was a, the fun, one of the fun things that I did um, after I uh, came off for 15 years at the Star Press, um, since I had my own kind of my own time, I also ran a, a ice cream shop for 11 seasons. And so I've kind of done that simultane- simultaneously with the good news. All right. So, and... Uh, I almost crossed your campaign in May. I, my day job is in Muncie as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was coming down Walnut Street, and I saw your car parked outside of the caffeinery. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> man, I almost stopped, and I didn't. And I got back to my desk at work about five minutes away, and I started to see on Facebook that you had run across this this guy that looked like Santa Claus. That was the same day? That was that moment. Yeah. I just you drove by. You could have by. ruined it all. Oh, my God. I saw so it. What if and you I, had been there first? <laughs> Butterfly I You could have just changed I the whole I scope. I could have changed everything and ruined the entire campaign. But, yeah, I literally, I literally drove by and saw your car there and went, 
Oh, oh, I'm like coming back to work. I'm just going to keep on going. Because you would have been welcome to meet Dave Letterman. <laughs> I know. That would have been so cool, I would have had so much fun nerding out about the Indy 500 with him. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> and he will talk about that for a yeah. long time. So, so, so you, <laughs> and I don't know anything about cars. So, so serendipitously, you're, Dave is in town in Muncie. He's a Ball State alum. Right. And you're at the caffeinery. You had had a campaign meeting, which is the caffeinery is like a, the local coffee shop. It's, right. like, it's a Starbucks, but it's local and, you know, it, it's not uh, corporate. Yeah, we uh, like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we agree. And uh, we have we, our town here had a Starbucks, and now it's a pharmacy because the, the locals put it out of business. Um, yeah, it's weird how that worked. Yeah. The market said, no, we don't need one of those. We'll just have uh, go like, to the pharmacy more than you get coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you, you crossed paths and you met Dave, and you had been like wanting to find a way to connect with him. Yes, I had. In fact, uh, a couple of days before on that Sunday, I was telling my husband, I said, you know what? We've done really well. We've been to all these different counties. We hadn't, we had kind of run out of money though. So I didn't really, there was three or four counties that I hadn't been able to get to, to down south. And so I told him, I said, you know what? I kind of need, I was like, I need a spark in this, in this uh, campaign. And I said, wouldn't it be kind of cool? Cause I'm thinking, you know, who could I meet that's from this area that could kind of, you know, maybe some people that I actually know, like I can't call, you know, I don't know. I just thought that was my short list. And I actually said, uh, said David Letterman. And so we, True stories. We kind of prayed about it. We in, in the apostolic faith, or we kind of do this thing where we touch and agree. So we touched and agreed um, with hands and prayer, and we just said, you know, whatever's going to happen is going to be good for this, uh, you know, for this campaign. And we think, you know, that that's what we prayed for. So the next day on Facebook, I think maybe the next day or Monday or Tuesday that week, um, one of my friends, um, I had seen that he had changed his profile to Dave Letterman, a little picture with him and Dave Letterman. So I was like, tap, type him. And I was like, hey, David, uh, Daniel Wycliffe. I was like, are you, uh, are you friends with David Letterman? Because I was just praying last night that I meet him. And da, da, da. he's like, no. He's like, I never, he's like, I met him like at a trade show in <laughs> Chicago. Like, I don't know him. He's like, I just sometimes put that picture up. And I thought, oh, I said, oh, okay, well, thanks. And so I appreciate that. And that was kind of it. And then, so then the next day I'm just sitting in, uh, I was on my way to the cafeteria and I was feeling all like weird because my my campaign uh, debit card, um, I was trying to get gas because we live out in the country. And uh, it, it declined. I was like, God, we don't have 20 bucks in the, in the campaign coffers. This is terrible. And so I was, I called my husband. I was like, Aaron, I was like, um, we, uh, I don't have any gas. And I think I'm going to run out of gas. And I have this meeting at the cafeinery. He's like, well, come to my office and you can get some gas money. And, you know, just, and, you know, we'll just take it from there. And he was, I was kind of down in my spirit. And he was like, I was like, Aaron, I don't have, that's like, they're already there. I was like, I'm just going to try and get, go with fumes and just pray that I get there. <laughs> Oh my and gosh! So no shame in that game, right? Hey, that's the truth. I'm like, <laughs> we've you know, all been there, and we've get, we he had already loaned me like the campaign, like three or four thousand dollars. So he was like, oh, "We're done with that. Our kids yeah. had to go to school next next year." <laughs> so he was kind of done with that. But he he was gonna give me twenty bucks. But as it were, I'm so glad I I pressed the pressed my way because as soon as I sat down with the campaign, into the left walks Dave, and I just remember thinking that 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 cannot be Dave David Letterman. <laughs> like, how does that happen? And it was kind of, it was definitely surreal. But then I was like, I think that's him. Did you sit there and go, man, do I want to talk to him? Yes. Talk to him? <laughs> sit there and go, just trying to decide. I went through the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I went verbally, oh, I yeah. <laughs> silently. But then when this guy on my campaign, um, he he's kind of like the 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 one that you know the the sober one, the one that says you know we are not going to do this or we are going to do this, and it's this is the reason why. So he's our sober person. So he was like. 
Janine, I think that's Dave Letterman. So I was like, do you think this is Dave Letterman? <laughs> I was like, if you think this is Dave Letterman, it might We're be him. Right. So I did. And I went over there and introduced myself. And and he was so gracious. And he has become a friend and a, uh, a, a very, just a supporter of our campaign since and, then. And he handed you a fistful of 50s. He, 20s. <laughs> of 20s, actually. And it was weird because it ended up being... Like it's my it's on my federal election commission thing now. It was like eleven sixty, and then it was like fifty eight twenty dollar bills. So the campaign was like on five eight, and then the the general is uh, I'm sorry the primary was on five eight, and then the general is on one one six. So I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> and that's my favorite scripture. One of my favorite scriptures Romans one sixteen, which is I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it was like all numbers. That's awesome. It all lined up for it, and the, the relationships continue because you just had a big fundraiser a couple weeks ago. I did up in Muncie at your home, I guess. Yes, yes, I did. Um, I'm so thankful for him because we uh, were able to get a lot of media coverage out of that, and our planning. Uh, we're able to plan our, our next, you know, the last couple of weeks of our campaign in terms of uh, you know getting our names out, name out there on billboards and more signs, and you know hopefully some TV. We're we're believing we have a couple of commercials that are already made, and so we may try to get another one in. Well, I'm going to make a deal awesome. with you. Okay. I go every March. I go to to Washington and I visit our congressional delegation on behalf of Purdue University and the Ag College. Awesome. So I will come visit you. Okay. In in March. <laughs> And then if you could bring Dave back here at some right. point when you come back home, we'll have him on the show. We'll have you guys on together. Well, okay, I'll ask mm-hmm. him. We'll talk to Andy Carter. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Yeah. That was yeah, a firm I'll ad, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, it's funny. You, you're going to have this congressional pin, though. They'll do what you say. You know, he said he's going to come back on um, on November the 6th, and possibly, that's what he told me. And then I just learned today that he told somebody else on my campaign that he wants to come back on Sweet. November the 6th and help possibly just stand maybe outside canvas. of the precinct. He can come to our uh, election party. people as they're coming in to vote. All right. I want him to go canvassing with me. How fun <laughs> would that awesome. be? Oh, my God. That would be awesome. All right. So before we get into your platform and start mm-hmm. asking you questions on that, um, you are on the show now. Okay. And next Thursday, we have uh, Tom Furkanoff coming, who's right. the Libertarian candidate. Um, we cannot uh, get Greg Pence to come on this show. Wait. And I hear that that's a sort of a recurring theme because we also invited him to a debate here at our studio. I mean, there's the invitation's still open. He can come whenever he wants. Who is this that we're talking about? Uh, this is Greg <laughs> Pence, the vice president's that's brother. Somebody yeah. running against her? Yeah. yeah. Never heard of her. Uh-uh. Never heard of her. <laughs> he, he doesn't. He doesn't know me. He said recently, uh, the North North Vernon Plain Dealer. Um, I love North Vernon, by the way. Oh, That's a, a fun town. Fantastic. They're so nice there too. Um, I went to the uh, Republican. Uh, what do you call it? The Republican office because I always try to visit, you know, different places uh, as much as I can because I believe I'm going to win possibly. And so you know, I want to shake hands and get You're to know everybody. Everybody, right? Yes, yeah. I am. So you know, we got to figure out a way to be the United States of America. There we go. And not necessarily what we have been, which is our own corners, and we're right here and right there. So, anyways, I've uh, been down there. Um, so. Yeah. I mean, I know that that I read your reaction to that and I can understand <laughs> that because I've had those similar type things and I've always just come to terms with that's how you know you're making an impact. That's what is, right. you know, when, when, they when come Mary York says, like, who the hell is Aaron Dickin? No, actually, true story. <laughs> as I was running for election <laughs> is this? when is uh, a, a group of us decided that uh, to paint some crosswalks on 15th Street to tie in the cultural theme. 
And I'd gotten on a nameless website to read comments, and I searched my name from time to time. Um, and I had seen something. Somebody didn't like <laughs> every the other idea. day, every <laughs> other hour. That's all right. Yeah, everybody like, do like monthly. <laughs> like everybody at this table doesn't have a Google alert right? set up for their name. <laughs> I do not because the world. Uh, there's too many Dakota Davises in the world. Oh, yeah. I don't even show up whenever you Google me. <laughs> nice. Oh man, nice. It's sometimes hard for me to tag myself on my own page. <laughs> There's, oh a, my there's, another, there's another Dakota Davis in this town that works at Wendy's that I'm not Facebook friends with, but it tries yes. to get me to tag that guy all the time. Oh, yeah. wow. Anyway. Well, anyway, somebody didn't like the idea. They said it was the idea of some elitists in town, and one of them's running for council, and they wish they'd paint his cue ball head. And I thought, you know what? I've, I've, I'm here. I've arrived. water out That's there, good. Jeremiah. Gosh, I'm proud of that. That's mostly delivery. Paint but, his cue ball head. So... Anyway, that well, nice. that's all to say, you know, you're oh. making an impact and you're making waves and that's what this is all about. Well, you don't mm-hmm. have a cute ball head. He's not very nice. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> my, my tolerance is catching up with my hairline. I've said that. But so. have, have, yeah. you, have you uh, heard anything from the voters about how he's just kind of doing, like not doing anything? Like, well, yeah. The thing is, is that even though we've, uh, Tom and I both have uh, extended, you know, opportunities that we hope would he would take advantage of in terms of debating both of us at different times. I, we've called or called, texted, uh, communicated through email, snail mail. We've been rejected on every communicative front uh, by by Greg Pence. He doesn't even actually, he never even actually acknowledged us, at least me, our campaign, that we even existed, which I think was kind of unchristian-like and, and unfriendly. Um, mm. And so, you know, I just kind of, you know, he, 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 he refuses to do it. But the part that I think is terrible is that he also refuses to engage with the voters. That's I'm not huge. so much in, you know, upset for me because I'm one person. But why doesn't he go to bipartisan events? Why doesn't he, why mm-hmm. isn't he at these things where people can come and, and talk to him? Because certainly, you know, I do, Tom does, the other primary candidates did. Right. You know, and it's well, not always easy. I've been around this district a long time, mm-hmm. and it's produced some big names in American politics, right? I mean, David McIntosh Very ran for governor so. of Indiana. He was in the House leadership. He, he Now he's uh, running the Federal Society. So he was, he was from Muncie. Uh, he was replaced by Mike Pence, and, right. and Mike Pence became obviously the governor and the vice president. But he spent you know a decade doing this, uh, and then Luke Messer obviously was raised you know came all the way up to be number three in the house. All of them did debates yes. at least their first time, right? I sat in the audience when when Mike Pence debated Bob Brock and and uh, and uh, Mr. Frazier, uh, the third party candidate. Uh, yeah. at Ball State oh, yeah. University in 2000. Okay, mm-hmm. they had a three way race, and they all sat in the TV studio in Muncie and they debated. I was in Muncie at Ball State University, and uh, Brad Bookout uh, from Muncie, right. Luke Messer, and Rex Bell debated for the 6th Congressional District seat in person at Ball State University. Wow. First time, and they did it. So they've, they've all agreed to these debates in the past, and now the fact that people aren't having the conversation in person in front of the voters... It's it's really a shame, and it it seems to be the strategy that a lot of Republicans are taking. To be honest, I know. Um, you know, we've, we've seen it right now. Secretary of State Connie Lawson is running. Uh, yeah. Mark Rutherford and uh, um, Jim. Don't look at me, Jim like Harper. That. It's, it's Jim <laughs> Harper. Jim Harper have, have agreed with the Indiana Debate Commission to do a debate, and and they can't get Connie Lawson to show up. I know. I last, tweeted about it today. Last week we had an empty chair because one of the county council candidates in our candidate series wouldn't show up. Wow. Um, the one of the Republican incumbent commissioners in Delaware County didn't show up for for the forums up there. Yeah. Uh, and it's very very disappointing. Uh, <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. is. Tom Perkinoff's picking on me, saying that I was a political nerd in college. 
<laughs> jokes, jokes on you, Tom. I was still in high school. Okay. <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, but it, it is a big deal. Um, I, I was just telling uh, somebody today at the barber shop that, you know, even if I wasn't the county chairman for the Libertarian Party here, I wouldn't vote for Greg Pence just based on principle. Mm-hmm. You've done nothing to work for my vote. Right. And mm-hmm. then, right. I mean, well, I well, just don't like that at all. Well, there's another Ball State grad who was from Muncie uh, with the same initials that I have, H-A-L. And uh, he was on the other side in terms of being a Republican. And uh, um, I had so much, um, I'm sorry, I just had a lot of, lot of admiration for uh, Jonathan Lamb uh, because he got out uh, he got out to all the 19 counties. He was at so many events that uh, Tom and I were... worked his butt off. Right. We, we had him on the show twice, and he... He put so much effort into his campaign. He really, really did. And that's how you know that somebody really wants to, you know, affect change and work for their constituency is yes. when they put that kind of effort forth. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so yeah, I kind of, I, I, I wish that he had gotten the nomination. I really do. He was, uh, he certainly had uh, he the passion it. for that. And so, yeah. you know, I don't know. I know he's a Republican. I'm a Democrat, but I still have a lot of admiration for him. No, but it, this is. We've. I, I, I'm going to go in my soapbox for just a half second or so. That's okay. It's your show. <laughs> I think you can, can do that. Can we lower the lights? Yeah. Except just for the one. Some, on you have any mood yeah. music, Dakota? Yeah. Uh, you can you get a little we, Barry White in we, here. We, we maybe in, that would do it. We get into the tribalism of you know you're a Democrat and you're right. a Democrat and you're a Libertarian and you know I we'll pretend like you're a Republican. We need a token Republican, so we're right. gonna, we're, we're going to have an audience. Oh, the audience member right here is going to be our token Republican, <laughs> so Lori Lori Morgan. Uh, which I loved all of your albums, by the way. They were wonderful. I know. She's still such a great singer. I tell you what she does. She keeps us alive on the campaign trail. Um, anyway, the, we, we get this tribalism, and we, don't, we, we worry that you're a Democrat, so I can't vote for you. I vote for independents. I vote for Democrats. I vote for Republicans. It's, it's yeah. got to be about individuals more than it's just, well, that's the person in my party, so that's who I'm going to vote for. Yeah. And it's, uh, I hope that that's the message you're, you're preaching as well. And it sounds like it is because you're visiting. You're calling on, you're calling on the Jennings County Republican Party, right? Right. I mean, I just believe we do have to um, be let cooler heads prevail. Um, and I do. I am grateful that my that my faith background does teach me, you know, to have some, you know, I believe some morals and respect for other people, despite the fact that we do do we might do things differently, and we do have different, uh, sometimes very different ways of coming at things. Um, but I just think that that people, like I said, people are at the top of the show. People are tired of the rhetoric. They they want people to come to some, with smart real, solutions. Real people, right? Yeah. Real people, not not just an, an empty chair with a name. No, and yeah. I, I don't. I think that they don't want that. And I, truth be told, I think it's going to resound very deep, very very loudly. It should. on November the sixth. It really really should. All right, so going uh, going a little bit on that theme, um, I whenever I was writing show notes for today, mm-hmm. I went to your website mm-hmm. and just pulled off pieces of your platform. I think that I pulled off like the top four, okay. I think. And uh, number one, first thing, as soon as you click on the issues button on your website is principled leadership, talking about transparency in government. Um, and... So I guess that, uh, like we said, it's been a big issue from your race down to our Henry County Council. So how do you plan on being more transparent than what your opponents would be? Well, one of the things that I've done already is I have these um, straight talks, um, uh, kind of in voter engagement uh, events. Uh, we've had several across the uh, across the the counties. We try to get them centrally located in two or three areas, you know, where two or three counties can come. 
um, so people know, you know, what, who they're, who they're voting for, what, what they can ask me questions up, up front. Um, I believe that the transparency will be, you know, in, 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 in that, and it won't stop if when I'm elected, it'll be where, you know, you can call, you can call me at, you know, at our, at our offices. The other day I went to Luke Messer's office. Um, we, we went two different times and, you know, they have the door locked. I mean, nobody, nobody rang, came the first time, the second time. Uh, they came and it was, um, they buzzed you in and just, and you had to talk to a secretary. He was nowhere to be found. And, and he's getting paid still to be our, our, uh, representative. And through the end of the year, he's still all our representative. And we have not been able to even reach him, much less be transparent because we don't, we don't know what he's doing. Right. And he's not seeming like he's busy right now. <laughs> how, how do you, how do you view the way, the way that the House of Representatives is being run right now. I sent a, over, there, there's a Facebook series called The Swamp, mm-hmm. uh, which has been Facebook going through and covering a handful of different congressional, uh, they're, they're members of the House now, uh, and they're saying, you know, we don't have regular order, we don't have process, a bill doesn't get amended on the floor, basically, you know, the leadership of whatever party's in charge with the Democrat Party or the Republican Party, they come in and they say, here's the bill, you're going to pass it, you're going to do it, and you're going to agree, or else we're going to just cut you off at the knees. Right. I assume that's not, if you get elected... That's that's not your plan. No, that's not my plan. One of the things that you know it used to be where before it got you know before it got uh, you know, voted on, there were committees, and then before the committees, there were you know discussions and things like that. The the bad thing is is that from what I've heard, talking to a couple of members, current members of Congress, that's not even being done. Right. And where are we at when we can't sit down and hash things out? When the only time we're bringing it to the table is when it's already been decided. You know that that's not that's not democracy in action, and it's disappointing. Um, I'm very disappointed in the Congress and I the the current uh, leadership in in D.C. and um, it's certainly not putting people 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 first. Right. Uh, it's putting them first, and that's why I agree, that's why I actually um, am a proponent of term limits. We're gonna we're gonna play a game, and this isn't on the quiz. This is you have been prepped for this. <laughs> All right, good. I like games. We did this. We kind of did this last week with the, in the candidate survey, though, in the candidate group. Can you pick me a, a a member of each party that's in the house that you look up to or that you like, a Democrat and Republican that are in there that you're like, yeah, that that person is that's that's a role model or somebody that you think you could connect with, and and why? I have mine. <laughs> <laughs> Can I hear yours first, Dakota? <laughs> <laughs> no cheating. Okay, well, or, just, or somebody you look up that's to. Right. Somebody, somebody like well, that, that person. Um, I connect with them. Yeah, and I'm I'm sorry to say because we just lost uh, the one that I that I looked up to probably more than anybody on both sides, and that's John McCain. Um, he was a person, and I do believe he was a maverick. I think he was um, a person that that constantly put people before party. And he caught hell for it, you know, mm-hmm. a lot over the years. And uh, besides being a decorated, um, you know, veteran and POW, and he did win, and he wasn't um, the way that he was um, sometimes maligned by the current um, out of the Oval Office was was somewhat degrading, and I thought it was terrible and an attack that was unnecessary. Um, so I'm, I've always been a McCain fan. So um, he's certainly one of the ones on the Republican side. Um, in terms of the Democratic side, I think there, uh, you know, there's some some um, those that I think are doing a wonderful job. I, I don't necessarily want to pick one because I believe I might be able to. <laughs> I'll see them next. I'll see them in, in, in three or four months. So I don't want to say that. But the ones certainly that uh, you know can uh, 
that that won't be a rubber stamp to anybody. So I guess um, the ones that I that I admire are the ones you know, like Susan Susan Collins, that you know in the past has been her own person. Uh, Olympia um, Olympia Snow Olympia Snow, Snow yes yeah. another one you know I think those those are people that um, you know Joe Donnelly is uh, he's he's very uh, I admire him a lot people have been sometimes they call me Joe Donnelly in a dress and that's not <laughs> <laughs> or yeah Joe Donnelly in a dress that's that's not, not necessarily exactly. <laughs> that's not necessarily the worst thing I could be called I guess uh, I you know I'm, I'm gonna have to see you behind the wheel of his RV to know <laughs> yeah here we go <laughs> Yeah. Here we go. He, yeah, he came to Henry County. Uh, what mm-hmm. before the maybe after the primary? And, yeah, he was mm-hmm. one of the uh, the uh, senior homes, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was great. So, mm-hmm. um, all right. So the uh, so transparency is a big deal, and you're not happy with the way things are. Uh, Dakota, what do you got next? I got civil rights and civil civil liberties. That was on your website as well. So. I guess in the chat real quick before you get going, uh, Danny Morrill, my brother, says, Aaron, please put on a hat. We're getting a bad reflection. So <laughs> do, it's just the cue ball, Danny. It's just ball. the cue ball. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Paint back, his cue ball Back head. to Dakota. Yeah. It's a power move. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> All right. So you you had uh, civil rights and civil liberties. Um, you, you know, obviously, as libertarians, we're uh, very big on equal rights. and But uh, I'm, I'm curious on what... What, where you think there are shortcomings uh, in current American society and how you would plan on fixing those or if you think that legislation can fix those? Well, um, yes, I do think le- legislation can fix those. I think it was Martin Luther King said that um, he can't, you know, he can't legislate uh, your heart, but he can put legislation where you can, uh, you, you have to, uh, you know, treat him as the next guy. It was a. It was much better and yeah. more eloquent than that. I, I can't got remember it. the phrase. I but, got you. Okay. <laughs> you know, so um, there are things that you know the government can do and should do to protect its citizens. Um, I believe that there's room for uh, for more attention uh, to given to civil rights for everyone. And I don't. I believe that um, again. You know, when you have um, when you have people attacking those who are. Um, you know, engaging in their their um, you know their right to free expression and right to protest in a peaceful and um, you know peaceful nonviolent manner. Um, that's a concern, um, and I'll bring it up. You know, it's with regards to the uh, although I stand for the flag, and my my son who he played for IU last year, number forty eight, he would never think of not standing for the flag. But we're we're a divided household on that. Um, we had, you know, a couple of people in my family that, that were all in for, we, we all want, you know, to be, um, you know, mindful of police brutality, but maybe I would write an op-ed piece, but then someone else in my family, you know, definitely supported the NFL players that had, a, you know, wanted to express their right uh, not to stand. Um, that's, that those kind of things. When you have people attacking, you know, people for, um, you know, constitutional rights, uh, that that's not that's not civil rights and that's not equality for all. Um, I don't, I've gone to places. Uh, I just recently went to Madison, Indiana, where mm. they had a, a KKK rally down there. Mm. I don't necessarily agree with the message. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't necessarily agree with the white she- with the white sheets. <laughs> that was a little scary, but you know what? I appreciate the fact that they were able to mm-hmm. peacefully protest and they were protected by the government by our police and our law enforcement officers 
something's wrong when we want to pick cherry pick what's okay, you know, because it doesn't feel right to us. It's, I find myself as a you know the libertarian and the guy that's in the minority politically on this stuff. I, I sometimes you find yourself in the race to the bottom to defend the most ridiculous statements because yes. somebody can make them. And it's not that I agree. I live, you know, right. I, I, adv- I, I I'm I live the most conservative life possible. But man, I advocate <laughs> for some wild crap, right? Like, right. <laughs> we we advocate for a but whole lot do. more than we actually do <laughs> because it's, as long as you're not hurting somebody else, right. you do you. You do what you want to do, right. right? Right. It's I, you know, I the force of government doesn't have to get involved. If I don't like what Aaron's doing, as long as Aaron's not hurting somebody else. Aaron can have recreational nukes, but when you launch them on your neighbors, <laughs> right? You <laughs> then, then we've got a problem because you're hurting somebody. You're committing force or fraud against somebody right. else, or right. forcing somebody yeah. to mow their nine-inch grass yeah. isn't necessarily hurting them, just their schedule. But right? when you gotta... when you create, <laughs> it could be hurting their property. And anytime you yeah, create their a property taxes go down. <laughs> anytime you create a law that requires the force of government to enforce it, though, right? You're, you end up putting your your law enforcement people in harm's way. They have they're mm-hmm. the ones their butts are on the line to go deal with it, right? So there better be a really legitimate reason to put the force of government in there because at the end of the line, no matter what it is, if it's an ordinance over stupid grass mowing or, you know, cars somebody's in the road, somebody has to show up and you're creating conflict. Right. And then right. it's three in the morning and they're out there, you know, that's you, actually a really great point. And I'm, I'm, since I'm pro law enforcement, um, you know, I, that's certainly something that is, is of concern. My, uh, my sister-in-law, uh, my husband, a couple of years before I met my husband, she broke the uh, gender and the color barrier in Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, as the first African American um, police officer there. So yeah, we we don't. And then I have nep- nephews and and nieces. My brother right now is uh, has, has an application into the Ball State Police to become a police officer. Chirp chirp. Yeah, <laughs> I had to throw that in a little bit. So you know, yeah, yeah that's uh, that. Those are those are things that they have to come to the aid of those. You know, and protect uh, those that are uh, trying to engage in their civil rights. But another thing too is, you know, uh, uh, LGBTQIA plus rights. Um, in the era that we're in, um, we want to make sure that everybody has a seat at the table, regardless of you know who you love. That should not matter. Um, you should have every right as a taxpaying um, res or a citizen, as an American citizen. I guess even if you don't pay taxes, um, we were all under the same uh, constitution, and we should all have uh, those that are legally here. We should all have the opportunity uh, to you know live and love and marry and have insurance uh, the same as the next person. Equal protection under the law, right? Right. No matter who you are. No matter who you are. All right. right. So what about, um, so recently in in Carmel, Indiana, we had, you know, um, somebody spray painted a swastika on a synagogue up there. And then all of a sudden, the governor, Holcomb, and it seemed like all kinds of legislators were talking about needing to introduce hate crimes legislation, mm-hmm. um, which basically means that if you're like, instead of that person who got caught spray painting the swastika, instead of them getting charged with vandalism, they would suffer a greater penalty because of the underlying message of it. Is that, do you think that that's a, a good idea, bad idea? I, just kind of curious. Well, I understand both sides of that argument. I really do. And I and I probably, uh, you know, I've heard people on both sides saying, well, why would that be, you know, if it's, uh, you know, if they did it to a, a white guy, it doesn't make a difference. Um, you know, but if, if, it's, if it's intended for hate um, or it's targeted for specifically for a specific uh, 
protected classification, then that's that's the reason why it was done, you know. And so, um, yes, we were one. Uh, Indiana was one of five uh, states uh, only that that don't ha- that we don't have a hate crime. Now that's a state house issue, so I wouldn't be voting on anything like that. But right. um, you know, it is a it is a concern, um, and um, you know, I, I believe it's time. You know, the Republicans, I believe they're looking at it, uh, although <laughs> they may not be. <laughs> Because I know that this year uh, they had an amendment uh, at their uh, part of their platform in June, um, did not include the recognition recognition of, uh, um, um, yeah. of, uh, of uh, marriage. Well, basically, it was going to be striking um, marriages between a man and a woman only. Right, and that got voted down at their convention. Okay, as it should have. <laughs> So it's 2018. Um, no, it got uh, no. They kept it. They kept that. Wait, yeah. They did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking that out is what got voted down. Yeah, oh, yeah. Their platform committee tried to fix it, but then the uh, the the old the uh, uber yeah. uber conservatives Wait, uh, fixed that. Say? Yeah. What were you going to say first? <laughs> well, I, I have a I have a my my sister Monica Boyer and her people. <laughs> we'll name names. I have. <laughs> I'm not the guy that's creating polls out there like Canada Day and Canada B. I'm not doing that crap. We'll say names. All right. Well, can you click no? All of my children, all of my children are foster to adopt, and my last two children um, are, are 18 and, and 20. And um, their their sister has kind of been uh, brought into our family, and um, um, so we adopted. We've known her for almost 20 years, and so she, we call her our sister because you know how black people are. Just every oh, honey, you're my auntie now because <laughs> you go to church with me. You know me 20 years, so you're my auntie. So like, she's our sister. So she's all of our sisters. So she's like our white people that do that too. I've, do adopted, I've adopted Dakota <laughs> against his will. It's a hostage situation, but we're family. Right? You can just hit you know hit him like you do everybody Went else. From forced friendship to forced family. That's nice. <laughs> That's yeah. nice. My, my sister's how marrying lucky. into the Davis family next year. <laughs> oh wow, for real? Well, a different Davis. Isn't oh. it? Okay. For me, it's legal. Dakota, if you're in danger, just rub your eye. Right, blink twice, Dakota, if you need us to take you out of here. So yeah, she's uh, my sister is is uh, is gay, and um, so you know we have. Um, I'm, I'm concerned for her. She lives. Uh, the Pences have treatment for that. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm I've heard. Heard, yeah. All right, that's so dangerous. Speaking of Pence, we're t- going to be talking about the current ad- administration, and we're going to be talking about agriculture and the uh, the good old trade war. Yeah, and yeah. We're going to get into that. Uh, so, first things first, do you support the tariffs that were put in place by President Trump? Well, let me say this: um, everything that uh, you know, Donald Trump says, um, you know, a lot. There's a lot of people that d- just automatically may not want to accept it or agree with it or think it's a good idea. Well, um, but with this particular issue, it what's what he's trying to do obviously is to, you know, to increase um better opportunities for trade and, you know, to stop, you know, unfair trade. We get that. But it didn't work and it certainly is harmful for the sixth district that I'm going to be representing. Whether it's the farmers in Rush County, um, you know, whose soybeans uh, yielded two dollars less a bushel this summer, um, or you know, during harvest season, or um, you know, the aluminum, uh, t- aluminum and steel uh, tariffs that are that are hurting uh, the steel tariffs that are hurting uh, Cummins down down in Bartholomew County, in uh, in Columbus. Um, it's just not good for us. In fact, you know, when you have Tom Linebarker. Le- who is the CEO down at Cummins, he's going and talking with uh, the CEOs of different um, 
companies. He's talking with um, the the Indian cha- Chamber. Um, all these business leaders have gone and literally talked to you know the officials in the White House, those that are in D.C., and and compelling them and asking them, almost begging them, please, you know, stop this. It did. It hasn't worked. And then yet, yeah, I think we got another two hundred two hundred uh, mm-hmm. was two hundred billion the other day. Uh, back on China, onto yeah, China. Yeah, yeah. So it just doesn't seem as if it's, uh, it, you know, the yeoman's try, but it, it hasn't worked. It's going the wrong way. So the the um, the Trade Expansion Act of 1962 is what gives the president authority to enact tariffs. Um, it basically says that he can, by executive order, issue tariffs on a foreign nation for trade. And however, according, I, I was looking at uh, Politico. Uh, whenever I was writing these notes, um, Congress can actually still write legislate write legislation that could overturn the tariffs that were even made by executive order. So it's not. I guess what I'm saying is that it could happen where Congress, where you want to be, could could overturn it. Of course, it would take very bipartisanship. Uh, for sure. and, it would, and it would have to be basically veto proof, which means you have a super majority in the Congress to, to write the legislation. And, Is that something you would support? Yes, I would definitely support right. that. And also would it would, because it would require uh uh, some people that aren't in the running for the rubber spine award, which is half of Congress <laughs> right now. So we would have to have people that are bold and courageous and willing to uh, willing to uh, write that legislation. Um, I have a problem with all these executive orders. Everybody from Obama on, you know, just there's. I mean, it's just become a way to me. Why aren't why isn't Congress? We need to be the ones that are. And I right. say we because I'm going to be there. But seriously, I mean, you know, why so many executive orders? It's it's that's out of order. Right. Well, and it's a, it's okay. Well, first, my my second gripe about that. You already said that it's it's not the way it's supposed to work. No. My second gripe about it is that it creates intellectually lazy politicians. There you go. And that isn't. It's it's all about fundraising and. Being exactly, the popular and right. getting sound bites back to your districts yeah, and yeah. quotes that you can put on direct mailers so that you can get more votes later, yeah. and making sure that your party doesn't fund packs against you. Right. Your own party right. would fund a pack, a pack against you. That doesn't come happen, time. does it, Dakota? Uh, <laughs> it very well does. I mean, ask uh, Thomas Massey. No, and, I know it happens, <laughs> but that's yeah. uh, wink, wink. Yeah, but. Uh, so uh, we we talked about the legislation that could happen to overturn the tariffs. So why would you be the best candidate for the farmers in the sixth district? Traditionally, farmers in rural areas are they happen to be more Republican leaning. Mm-hmm. Why why should they vote you instead of Greg Pence or Tom Firkinoff for that? Well, um, one thing is that you know I I have been out to these farmers, everybody from Rush County on down. Um, you know, Randolph County, Rush County, uh, you know, all the way down. My brain's not working to all the 19 counties we have. Sorry, we, you, don't Hancock, have, you don't yeah. have to go all Howard Hancock Dean and, and list Shelby. them all with a big screen <laughs> okay. at the end. We, we believe you. Okay. Uh, and they are concerned. Um, they, I, I, you know, you're right that traditionally Republicans, uh, you know, uh, do back, um, are backed by the farmers. But I think this year, you know, they're they're angry. They're upset because um, I don't know if you all have any farmers in your family, but these are prideful prideful people. They take you know they're not getting up at five o'clock in the morning. I know Cade Coger is super arrogant. <laughs> they are. <laughs> I don't know him. 
Is that, is that a long time listener? Kate is one of our other co-hosts. We have a, Dakota and I do all the shows. Then we have some other rotators, and, and Kate's okay. in there too. But this time of the year, he's in the field. Hard. We have, That's we are, right. We are like the number one tractor podcast in Indiana. Okay, are because this Kate time of the year, this time of the year, people are listening to this podcast a day or two later in the combine. Like that, okay. you are. Are you serious? Oh well, yeah. This like no joke. Hi, farmers. There are a lot of farmers <laughs> listening. A, to yeah, you. there's a you. It's so much that after harvest, you can see the download numbers. Yeah, drop yeah, off. We'll, oh, we'll wow. take a dip. Oh yeah. wow! Uh, until until lawnmower and then planting season comes back. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, they take a lot of pride in what they do. They don't want. They don't. They got this. What twelve? Billion, after he caused the problem with the whole tariffs, then you know our right. administration uh, decided they're going to give a twelve billion dollar welfare check, basically, which is what it is. Yeah. I mean, we can they're talk about it. like the auto industry. It's like you caused the problem, and you know, I put you punch me in the face, and then you want to give me an ice pack. Yeah, that's well, uh, thanks, listen because I need government it. Government is really good at bust, busting <laughs> you down, giving you crutches, and saying thank me. <laughs> Right, exactly. like, we, it's, it's. I mean, I got a problem with that, and you know that's why I think they can relate to that. And then one of the things too, I don't know if I, uh, you all had seen this on my social media, but in Rush County uh, years ago, uh, my family was part of a group uh, called the Beach Settlement, and in eight, it, it was a, a group of um, black uh, former slaves that came up from the South, and in 1835 they established a group, uh, an area in in Rush County right there by Carthage called the Beach Settlement, B E E. B-E-C-H, having to do with the beech trees that were on that side of town. Well, one of the reasons, they were established, they had 70 families, they lived there for about 100 years or so, but the reason why they they eventually left and that beach settlement um, went away was because of rising farming costs. Um, really? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. So that was, you know, that was at the turn of the century. Um, Have you visited Carthage? I did. <laughs> I went there. And when I say this, it was definitely one of the most emotional, uh, sure. you know, areas. I went there. They had their, um, I missed the family reunion. Um, we had another event that day, but um, um, I've been able to talk with some of the, the settlers there. And there's, um, you know, it's kind of interesting that the, that history of, of, of African-Americans farming right here in Rush County, right there in Rush County. And then just, uh, you know, seeing that, you know, all those years ago, they had the same issues that you're seeing now in different ways. Um, so, yeah, farming is farming is something that has been in my my family for a long time. My dad, my grandpa raised also, uh, he did hogs. And so when I would go to Greencastle in Put- Putnam County, I would have to get up in the morning and do the hogs. And that was always one thing I did not like about the, the vacation in the summertime. <laughs> and well, then, of course, it always smelled like hogs. <laughs> I will say that uh, that the ag community and like Farm Bureau, I think this year is the first time in a long time that they've not automatically endorsed Republican candidates. Right. Joe Donnelly, they kind of, you know, the, the ag community very much likes Joe Donnelly and the work he's done uh, at that level. Uh, in Chase Kitchen is, uh, I think, is one of his legislative directors, and that you know he's a Purdue Ag guy. Okay. Um, they've been very receptive to some of the Democratic messaging this year, uh, which has not been the case in the past. So right. you may have more opportunities with the ag community than you think than you than you would have expected coming. Politics into this cycle. has gotten weird. It's yeah. gotten really weird this election yeah. cycle. And also, I think that you know, I think you know, they may be they may be willing to wait. Even you know, they may not be willing to trade trade sides. You know, this year. But let let things continue, and you know we start making. And what there's a, a rapper that talks about you mess with my paper, you know we got some issues, dude. <laughs> like I gotta feed my family, <laughs> so you mess with their paper for too long, they're going they're going to change that vote. So All like, right, speaking of paper, uh, lots of it. <laughs> there's a um, tuition free college that was one of your uh, one of the planks of your platform. 
Um, my my biggest question with a tuition free college, besides how you're going to fund it, is do you support? Um, so the House Democrats earlier, I think in July, uh, proposed a piece of legislation. It's called uh, the Aim Higher Act, which okay. is uh, supposed to be um, providing incentives to states to give them uh, uh, to basically require states to uh, guarantee free two years of community college. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, um, of course, whenever Bernie Sanders ran in 2016, um, he, he had the uh, the College for All Act that he was going to propose, which was basically any state institution for four years, you can, you can go mm-hmm. versus community college for two years. Um, which one of those do you like more uh, and and why? Sell me on it. Okay. Well, before we get to that, let me just uh, talk about something else really fast because well, before I okay. forget it. But I'm also, uh, before, um, the, the part of this kind of, I guess, the uh, the way to encourage people for it to education is uh, 0% interest uh, loans, 0% interest on their school loans. Because right now, even though you may have a lower lower rate, you know, on those school loans, it's still, you know, it's still collecting and and uh, by the time you get out you know there's so many people that have you know a mountain load of debt or just you know debt that they in my opinion that they really shouldn't have to incur uh, to try to dream bigger and have a you know a better life for themselves um, I'll just tell this really quick and then I will answer that question uh, but between my husband and I we uh, went to our graduate we did graduate school and an undergraduate both at Ball State we didn't venture too far from, the, from our philosophy <laughs> yeah. you know they say you should go different places for your graduate and undergraduate work no we didn't we went we went there because it was cheaper and still yeah with both of our school loans we literally had almost as much as we did for our mortgage and so he just paid his off we were simultaneous simultaneously working on both of those loans i'm not sure how his got paid off before mine but we did pay his off and so now we're still working on mine and that's with us also now our fourth child is getting ready to go into uh into purdue university or ball state we're not sure which one she's going to accept um but you know my fear for her my hope for her is as, as the last child since everybody else has moved out that we'll be able to help her and not have her have have to have loans and things right. like that. Yeah. The idea that all this is tied into what your parents make, and I mean, what if you're not, you know, what if you're not in good terms with your parents, and then you know, it's just, it's just a lot. The traditional model of even getting to college, we need to look at how that is, how that is structured, in my opinion. Well, and that's, okay. I mean, that's going on in our own community with Ivy Tech here, um, the Newcastle Career Center. Uh, you know, that's something. That's a path I didn't go down. Right. Um, it's and a honestly, path. I probably didn't know all the options I had available. at an immature 18 years old, but, uh, you know, that's something we've talked about paying on loans and going to be paying on some uh, child's loans here in the next uh, five years. And yeah, I mean, I think those other avenues are huge. Right. And I mean, we talk about, you know, ways to pay for it. Now, when I get to Congress, hopefully I'll have, you know, more research and, you know, the actual numbers before me. So I'll have a more detailed plan, but, you know, we put, we put a man on the moon. We uh, have a new super, uh, space program, what's it called? Star the Space Force. The space space Force. Force, yeah. Like we yeah. need that. I'm pregnant. Really. That one doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. <laughs> that's ridiculous. I mean, are you serious? We have money to to start doing all that stuff again, but we don't have money to help our our teachers have better uh, salaries. We don't have we don't have money for you know uh, kids to be able to go to uh, to community college for free. Um, it seems to me that you know if we can reallocate some of the funding that we already have that, that's out there. 
and look at everything, you know, everything's on the table. If you ask me, I'm sorry. So we, we had a budget today that was what, nine hundred mm-hmm. billion dollars. So let's it, let's uh, there, there's something that we haven't uh, we'll say we haven't paid for in the last twenty years. Nine eleven was uh, two thousand one. Mm-hmm. It's twenty eighteen, so it's been seventeen years. Wow. Uh, and they're still working on the congressional authorization from Al Qaeda. Right. Um, that's not been paid for. We've just continued to borrow money to pay for that that activity. Um, is you know it. it is that a place where we could cut back and, you know, some of the defense spending for the, uh, the, the wars that weren't really declared and bring, bring troops home? Is that, is that the way you would view it and then reapprove some of that for education? Well, I would hope so. You know, I think when was the last time we declared a war? 1941. But yeah, yeah, we spent World II. billions right. else and been billions and billions and billions of dollars. Billions and billions. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't we quit going to war <laughs> and quit being the world's police? Though you know, I'm sensitive to all that stuff, but you know, um, yeah, Team USA World Police. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we we need to get America. that. We, <laughs> <laughs> we need to to quit doing that. But there's we can pay for college education. Congress has has ad, like just just been derelict in that duty, right? I mean, it, at least my view. You you guys are supposed to make work. The, the president is supposed to execute it, and he can do some emergency things. Right. But, it's another area that Congress is lazy in. But like, it, it's not it's it's not happening. <laughs> Don't get me started. The, I'm not going to have any friends branch. when I get there, so I do want to have a few friends to go to. We see the executive branch assume the role that the legislative branch, and right. I think that's probably any level of government whether it's you know federal or maybe even city listen janine i don't care if you have friends i want to see you in the drain the swamp videos later on in the year oh, hey i'll sit next to thomas massey talking about <laughs> i want to be there to help to, well that's up to the voters to drain the swamp um i believe that you know and i do think that's going to happen i um Okay. So I'm I think drain the swamp, but right putting now, in another pence. Well, right now, I mean, right now, the, yeah, sense. exactly. Well, it's like a, Lucy this, Britton was up there, and she said, "You can drain the swamp this election, or you can send an alligator." Yeah, yeah. Well, because the swamp thing is in there now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it, it, the the counter challenge, and we heard this from Donya Lester when she was on. Mm-hmm. She just she just retired from Purdue University. The counter challenge to free free tuition for all is well, you got to have some skin in the game, right? So you know the the model for me, and it worked it worked well. I went. You know, I went to Ivy Tech for my right. two-year degree, and I had to pay something, right? I had like three three grand a year paid paid my tuition costs. I had some scholarships, and I had some out of pocket, and I worked full time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had a full time job where I worked and for my bachelor's program, and my employer helped offset some of those costs. So I had some, the employer had some, and we had some scholarships, and that model worked for me. And I didn't leave with forty thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars in student debt, right? Um, so it. it and then you see things like what Purdue has done, where they've frozen tuition, and they said, "Look, mm. tuition is going to be what it is, and we've we've held down the inflation side." If you there's been a line of thinking that so many of these college costs have gone and skyrocketed up because we make money so cheap that we end up letting hundred you know kids that are eighteen years old make a decision to go one hundred thousand dollars in debt to go become a teacher. To make thirty-five, mm-hmm. uh, a public school teacher, a third-grade teacher in Newcastle, Indiana, makes thirty-five thousand dollars a year, but they borrow a hundred thousand dollars to go to Ball State. Right. You, you've got this uncontrolled money supply, where you're borrowing. You know, it, it's driving up the cost of the education, and then you come back to a job that can't pay for it. Well, so they do have my, those, That's my fear. Yeah, and they do have those exit entrance exit programs now, that where they do give you, you know, the opportunity to learn what are you actually, uh, what are you actually borrowing? Do you really need it? 
Um, but I know, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, kids that get, you know, uh, my husband and I were ministers. Um, he's, like I said, he's the assistant pastor. You know, we've, we've ministered to a lot of, uh, students at Ball State over the years. And some of them are on, you know, they're from families. They don't have, um, they don't have that reliability to be able to go home. Well, I do think there's, I, I'm, I'm always a proponent of stick skin in the game in a little bit. You know, I know that might differ a little bit from some of the Democrats, but, uh, my mom and dad taught us to, to work hard for what you got and, you know, lift yourselves up as much as you can by your own bootstraps and then someone else will help you. So, um, I'm all, I'm all for that. Certainly. That's what my grandma says. The Lord helps those who helps themselves. Always. <laughs> yeah. I think that my, my yeah. grandma did the same. She said yeah. the same line there. And so, I mean, yeah, I think those, you know, those are things to look at and consider, but some of the kids uh, that I know, um, because they don't have help. Um, I don't know if it's just from the, the demographics or the strata that, you know, maybe I'm pulling from or that we see a lot. But some of those kids are, you know, they, they have to still come to our church for food, um, you know, mm-hmm. to the food banks locally. Um, because and some of them are independent, even at 18 years old. Some of them, some of them are independent before they even leave high school mm-hmm. because their parents, um, and then we haven't talked about this yet, but, but maybe some of their parents are, you know, incarcerated at times, sometimes they're on drugs, they're not able to take mm-hmm. care of them. Um, my own children, that's how they came to me. They're, you know, they didn't, uh, they didn't have parents that, t- that were able to take care of them for many years, uh, several years before they, we even adopted them. And so, um, yeah, everybody's not coming from the same point of view, but I do think this is that once you, you know, you, you help, you help yourself and, mm-hmm. you know, there, there will be opportunities to, to be, to be uh, succored and helped and to get scholarships and aid and things like that. But yeah, that's definitely a concern because we, um, you know, if you're, if you're thinking that you can go in as a freshman and by the time you're done, you can just have a hundred thousand dollars at your disposal. You have to be careful because you are going to have to pay that money back. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and then, then that goes into more spending when you get to be an adult, and you're spending more on credit cards, and then yeah, you know. you've set yourself up for failure where you're 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 trying to dig out until you're forty right. or, or older, <laughs> right? And you can't have any kids in that process because you can't afford them. But we always do. <laughs> so one one last thing that I want to ask about on the policy side um, that came to me: uh, no matter what office you run for in Henry County, I'm sure as you've visited people, this this issues come up, and you've had people ask you, uh, and it's it's been this fight in our community for a few years and that's been over wind energy and so yeah. i, I want to I, I guess i want to hear from you an energy energy policy or if you have a view on what should be happening and and what's the federal government's role in that and specifically with wind because it's been such a big deal with a lot of the six district communities right you all had uh, something recently here in henry county with regards to the the wind yes uh, the, was the, it passed or not passed there was a wind there was, they, a, there was a modification uh, yeah. to a wind ordinance so there's okay. a there's a possibility that uh, that wind could come into Which the community left open you got a yeah. spider right there okay there's a dakota nice. has fear of a spider <laughs> coming over. i just wanted to let you know it was <laughs> yeah. okay. he wasn't eking or anything <laughs> there were no know. shrieks although your voice might have gone up a little bit dakota <laughs> hang on just a second i am not <laughs> not afraid to admit that I am horrified of spiders. <laughs> okay, well. I'll tell you some stories after I, <laughs> off the air. Well, you know, whatever's clean and green, I'm for. Um, I'm uh, an advocate. You know, I do believe in climate change. I think, uh, you know, that's not pie in the sky. I don't know what libertarians stand on that. But uh, um, I believe that we have to be responsible. God gave us this beautiful earth. Uh, to live in and, um, you know, to, to grow and prosper here. And if we don't take care of it and, you know, in a way that 
is uh, beneficial to not only our generation, but to future generations. I don't think we're given the service and the gratitude that we should. Um, I'm concerned about the idea that it seems as if more kids, I don't have a, have a number of the number of kids in Indiana that, uh, that have uh, asthma, but those things aren't just happening. I mean, it's important that, you know, our, um, that our children, you know, are able to breathe properly. Uh, they, the world Horth, the world health organization says across the world, one in four deaths are because of environmental or hazards, you know, because of the environment that should not be. So, you know, people shouldn't be dying because of, of, of poor water, um, whether or not you're in Flint or somewhere else, right. which I think is what day 800 million that they, they've not had yeah. good water there but um so yeah those i mean i'm I'm open to uh i'm open to energy i mean 85 degrees on october 5th is not normal seems a little right? strange to me when it was almost 90 we almost wanted to put back up our uh pool we had just <laughs> taken it down like two weeks ago and i was like dude you we could had, have like, a pro you could have had a private party at the days. newcastle pool <laughs> oh really yeah <laughs> <clears throat> the new ca- I don't know why I don't know why Councilman Dickens let it so close <laughs> oh so early, but I think I think they closed the the pool about July fourth this year. Uh, it's open. Unless she had a private party. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we we allow it open for private parties, but we close it to the public sooner. Oh. That, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll have to remember that. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we got to move on. Okay. <laughs> I, I blame what, the city council. I personally. am really tired of all the couches on the tr- on the street. The large <laughs> trash has been a mess. Oh. We have that in Muncie too. <laughs> Wish we'd come up with some sort of legislation. I'm moving. I'm moving out of the city of Newcastle because Aaron won't let me have hens. So I have oh, to move. For real? Yeah, he won't let me have hens in you my can't backyard. Have chickens, so in I have to leave. City. You know, and I I hope help, you go in with the gumption him. of this. You know, into your freshman year. Because uh, <laughs> one of the first things I had said was, you know, I'd like to you know, kind of experiment and talk about chickens in town. Um, and what? somebody said, if we talk about chickens at this table, I'm going to blow a gasket. <laughs> somebody. So, use that. Uh, open mindedness, gumption. Yeah, was, it Mary? was it Mary? We don't say Councilman A <laughs> versus Councilman B. Tell we don't was, play those silly tell games. Tell me it was Rex. Just, just say it was Rex. Yeah. It was Jerry Walden, wasn't it? No. No. Okay. So no, it was Mary Von Reed. It was Von Reed. No, I'm just kidding. Dang. Wasn't Von. Oh, I'm sorry was, you didn't get to have that discussion. Was, uh, never mind. Never mind. I'm not going to say anything. All right, we're done. I need to be Poking part of it. Henry I need to be a fly on the wall of uh, Henry County so politics. We have so fun. much fun here. Okay. Yeah, we really do. You guys well, know. And, it, and it's got to be like this everywhere in a sex district. Oh, yeah. I would Please. Oh, yes. We're definitely. <laughs> and I think one of the, I mean, going back to you and your role, I think, you know, something that you've obviously proven that you can bring to the table is just being open and uh, communicating with your constituents. And as a local elected official, I have leaned heavily um, communicating with not just our state elected officials, but uh, Senator Donnelly's outreach person, Jorge Ortiz, has just been phenomenal at right. uh, being in the loop and keeping everything, um, you know, if we can have his assistance for anything. And I, I see you being a huge uh, advocate for your communities. So, oh, Thank you very much. We're trying. Only 27 more days. 27 more days. Oh, 27. I'm counting. What are, you, what are you doing I'm here? Counting. I'm counting. you got to be out my right now. I'm this, counting. Like I said, this is our third event today. I've, I've put yeah, in time. I can, I can just yeah. decide to have a little fun with the guys from uh, Boss Hog. Speaking of which, can you guys tell me real quick how you got your name? I, I, oh, I looked, you but I don't know story. that I saw it. You want like, the origin story. Yeah. So I, I've been a part of the We Are Libertarians Network for a long time. Chris Spangle is the, uh, the director of the show. 
uh, or of the network. And I said, I, I'm willing to start a show, right? I want to I start a program. And uh, he's like, all right, I'll give you a board, and I'll give you the microphones, I'll give you everything, but I get to name it. So Chris Spangle bestowed upon me oh the troll job of a name of, a, of us being the Boss Hog Liberty because obviously it's you know we're rural. Okay, I'm, you no, know, no, 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 no. That's not why he named it that. He he, can, there's, there's he like named it that because Jeremiah is very bossy. I, I can be a little bossy at times, and we're in the libertarian movement, so it's I'm the boss of liberty or whatever. And then it got this catchy little. You know, they, they didn't want to take the Boss Hog theme, but we got this stupid intro music thing. I, that's the one and, thing I was just going to mention. That intro theme is, what do the kids say? It's fire. Yeah, I hate that it. Intro I hate theme. it I love so much, it. So, I only listened to that part, and then I when, shut it off. When we, when, we, when we first started, it was like we had this cartoon clip art junk of me in the Boss Hog suit. And I'm like, we are getting taken really seriously, and this is turned yeah. into like we got taken right. seriously, Spangle, and, and we were expected this to last like a week. Oh, okay. Yeah. And this we is, were this is we were showed him. Were you guys yeah. here the, for the very first show? Yeah, we yeah. Yeah. Guys, every, every we, episode is Dakota. What about you, Aaron? Did you? This is this is number three. Oh, okay. So you no, were. I, I guess um, I don't really. So count you're like Chip, Chick McGee when it comes to Bob and Tom. Yeah, <laughs> we were we were invited. Jeremiah and I were invited. I'm Christy this, Lee today. This past, uh, this we're gonna past, make you read some news stories. Please don't. <laughs> but we were invited this past uh, summer to speak at the Libertarian Party uh, State Convention mm-hmm. and give a presentation. And we talked about our podcasts and political outreach and influence. Blah blah blah. And someone asked us if we have ever been called racist because of our name. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is it because it had to do with because Dukes of Hazard? Yeah, Dukes of Hazard. Hazard. Uh, yeah. That's goofy. Yeah. No, and we were like, we were like, <sighs> not until just now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Should now, we be concerned we, about that? Now we live in fear. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, episode eighty-two is going to be the first episode as the head pig <laughs> of liberty. So then we had to change the cover art with oh our. Oh my yeah, gosh! Just, you know it's so really weird though because. Um, I do have to say this is that one of the other things that has surprised me about running is um, I found myself um, being uh, subject or around, uh, you know, that the Confederate flag, the red and blue fat flag. You had a great post in Moreland. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. The, the Henry yeah. County Moreland Fair, fair right. where you visited a vendor. Right. I saw the vendor there and he's selling all these, you know, the different paraphernalia, everything from handkerchiefs to like uh, wallets and hats and flags and everything. And so, you know, um, my my whole thing is that I'm representing everybody, right? And so if I'm representing everybody, wouldn't that include, you know, these guys? And I had never really, uh, I hadn't really uh, done this thing before. And so I decided I was going to go up there and talk to the guy. So I talked to the guy, and I uh, just went up there and introduced myself. He, within a few minutes, he's a great salesman, by the way. He sold me a, st- <laughs> a stun gun, so I keep that in my car. Nice. I should have brought it. It's really cool. <laughs> So, Keep Aaron uh, at bay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's my That's friend. One way. That's one way. <laughs> so he, um, so you know, Good he sold the me, sold me the thing, and then so you know, I never did say anything like on day one, but I went to that Moreland Fair like four times that week because it was huge. And it someone is told me that it's, it's like a tri county fair. Every, there's people from Muncie, Randolph County, and Newcastle. They're from everywhere. It's the Randolph or the Moreland Free Fair, right? Exactly. Yeah, yep. but it's a great fair. It's like a great midway and everything. So you know, I, I, every day I visit them and always find something you know to go over there for like today i need a lighter i don't smoke but i went over there and got a lighter like one day and then but what, so by the fourth day he just told me he said janine he's like i want you to know he said uh um he's he was always he was a marine uh marine a veteran 
uh, from Vietnam. And he said, I want you to know, he said, I don't mean anything by, by this flag. And I had never said anything to him the whole week. I just kind of just kept coming. So he probably thought, you know, why is she doing this? But I just make, you know, small talk with him. And he said, I want you to know, he said, I don't hate anybody. And he said, I'm not a racist. And, and he kind of got verklempt a little bit. And he was like, you know, I just want you to know that he's like, I sell, he said, last year I was selling, a few years ago I was selling Hannah Montana. <laughs> he was like, I just sell also whatever divisive. sells, right? <laughs> For so many of the right reasons. <laughs> yeah. So he, also you know, he, divisive. and then also, and so then I did a little bit of digging too on the history of that. He realized that there's actually two flags that belong to the South, and that's not actually the official, the official one. So um, that, the, that, the, the stars and bars is the battle flag right right, right. Yeah. so i mean it's kind of funny and so, and it's kind of taught me one you don't you never judge a book by its cover i've learned that guy was by the end of the week he was telling me about all of his aches and bruises that he had from you know from uh mm. what he believes is agent orange um right. contact we were able to talk about the va the fact that um you know now instead of being able just to go to the va for a for treatment, you have to make an appointment. Like these older people are like suffering and like, it doesn't make sense to me. They had to go down there and set. I mean, whose bright idea was that? Let them make, have an appointment so they can just go in and go out. That's it. Um, so I heard, you know, some of those things. And then, um, I also heard too, someone was telling me recently about, uh, some of the history that was tied to the Confederacy and how they they were proud of, uh, their, their, their heritage that related to some of the women that were spies during, during the war. Um, yeah, it, women, women who dress like men, they weren't, um, I don't think they were pioneers in, in the LBGTQ uh, community, but they did it because they wanted to, to be a part of the, the part they of the war. Fight. Yeah. And so their histories are amazing. Some of these women, like they, they were able to pass as, as men and fight in the war. I don't know hmm. how they did it, but so, you know, I, I, my thought process was expanded much more than what it had been. And I think when people really see that, um, you know, now that I, I just think that we, we need to be open again. And I know maybe I'm more open than some, than some, but I saw a different side, mm-hmm. you know, of that issue than I had seen before. And it's not as offensive as, as it was well, to me before. That type of compassion that's going to unify the country right mm-hmm. now. And if you're, we're scared to approach right. something that is so foreign to us, it, it's just going to continue down this path. Well, that's, you know? Yeah, that's what pride and pre- or prejudice is, is built in. It's just fear, right. and, you know, not the not knowing and, and things like that. But, yeah. Fear just, leads to hate. Yep. Always. So we are getting to that point in the show. Okay. Aaron. Or we have to do our final thoughts. Oh, I've wow, prided myself on not guys. getting up from this table. Just FYI, yeah, I had to go translate for that as you wish. Yes, uh, yeah. Well, I, if you wore the adult diapers, it's there's no shame. Uh, <laughs> leg back. Really Two words. Know. Leg back. Well, so you know, nice. it just depends. <laughs> it depends. Did I pop? Uh, hey, you got anything? Is anybody out there for real? <laughs> oh, there's, there's tons of people watching. Um, they're all that's a sponsorship hard. right there. Uh, Game changer. Listen, we will take their money. Well, you can get through the whole hour episode of the Boss Hog if you wear. Yeah, it. Depends. Brought, brought to presented you by Johnson Depends. Johnson. Right there, you go. What we got for us? Uh, I mean, thanks for having me on. It's a, always a privilege to be here with you guys, and uh, I've tried to not add my commentary as much and uh, leave the the funny to guys like Danny and Chase. Uh, but just here to support uh, Janine. Uh, she's be a huge 
um, I guess I could say a huge uh, <laughs> election elected official for our district, um, and we need that type of compassionate leadership um, to move our country in a better direction. So, well, best of luck, and I mean anything that we can do to help you, let me know. I appreciate that very much, and very I appreciate cool. the opportunity to be here today, Jeremiah and Dakota. You guys are uh, even funnier in real life. <laughs> Because you can see them, right? <laughs> we're funny. We're funnier in real life, but man. When you see us in person, it's ugly. <laughs> yeah, I've enjoyed so, myself. Are we? Uh, are we door knocking? You guys going door to door? You got teams out there? You need volunteers? How do people get get connected with you and work? Do the ground game? Yes, they can uh, go to my uh, website again. There's a place to volunteer. Um, Janine Lee Lake. For congress.com that's j-e-a-n-n-i-n-e-l-e-e-l-a-k-e for f-o-r-c-o-n-g-r-e-s-s.com i'll just drop a link in the comments here <laughs> there you go. we will uh we will end up tagging your campaign awesome sauce. and go. then and most of the other things too so we'll okay. we'll take good care of you on that so well thank you very much yeah so they we know we're looking for uh, always donations always people to uh take a sign uh that kind of stuff is free but most importantly just vote you know if you can connect with our our campaign um i'm excited because i do believe that there is a new horizon of uh of leaders going to congress and one of the things i say is that if you get me in hold me accountable you know make sure that i'm doing the things that i said uh, we have a bucket list of we have a couple uh, you know bills and legislation pieces that we're going to be that we're working on now so we can present them you know as soon as we get there um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here and I'm still excited to run. I've got 20, like I said, 27 more days we're doing right now, uh, getting ready to uh, engage in our 19 counties for 19 days. We've kind of been starting that already <laughs> unofficially. So, uh, we're going to end it well, end it strong. We've got our second win. And so, yeah, I'll see, well, I'll see Tom a few times too. He's my, my favorite libertarian. You're, you're tra- Whoa. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. I mean, besides right you guys, he's my favorite. I think favorite. she had that written down. Oh. <laughs> He's my favorite congressional D6 libertarian. There we go. Well, I think that hard work's noticed, and I know it's not just you. It's your family, and uh, you and Tom are putting in the effort, uh, especially in uh, relatively speaking of what's-his-name, but uh, I think that people are noticing that. I'm looking forward to your first bill because a Pence has not passed a bill through Congress yet. (laughs) That's what I heard. Twelve years, but uh, Bob, I didn't say that. No, no. We'll do it it for you. Uh, It's fine. Uh, if they Save were, it for the debate. Listen, if they would return a phone <laughs> right. call, it wouldn't be like this. Okay. Uh, actually, I've had a lot. Of, I've had good phone calls. That's the funny. I've talked to them on the phone multiple times. We know exactly who you are. We'll come. We'll do the show. <laughs> you, maybe once you get a representative together, here. Once, right. Every answer is <laughs> well. Greg says. Well, Greg thinks. Uh, I yeah. I meet a lot of people. I have yet to cross paths with them because I haven't been. At Should a have gone to the. I, was I haven't been say, at a Republican fundraiser. Do you have yeah, twenty five thousand right. dollars around in college? Not quite. Not okay. quite. Especially not for a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dakota. What do you got for us? All right. Of course, uh, we need to. I want to thank everybody who supports the show. If you support us on Patreon, if. Uh, these I am wearing today. Jeremiah and I traded because they got too hot for him. But they were these too are toasty. the yeah. I like them a lot. They are the Craig DeCosta headphones. Uh, Craig DeCosta bought these off of our Amazon wish list for us. Uh, so you can go to Amazon.com, search Boss Hog Liberty, and you will see our logo pop up. And there's a wish list for us. It has all kinds of good things. So if you don't want to support us on Patreon, then you can uh, hop on over there and uh, buy some cool stuff that we need. And I'm going to have to add a headphone amp because the buzzing's driving me nuts. <laughs> and somebody making it's $15 an hour will fill your order, right? That's right. 
Somebody making yeah. fifteen dollars an hour that wasn't forced to do that by the government. The market somebody, just said, you know what? That's what we're going to pay. Somebody making fifteen dollars an hour that used to make fourteen fifty, but now has their bonus taken away, as well as their stock options. I love all this libertarian talk here at the end. Final <laughs> thoughts. What a great time to bring that in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we can look, do, we can do we're going to pay you more on the hour, but we're taking away other money. <laughs> All right, just like the guy. All right, and uh, of course, this show is brought to you by Big Bounce Inflatables of Newcastle, Indiana. Uh, Once we, once again, great company, a lot of fun. I can remember going there whenever I was a a little or five years ago. No, not five years ago. Probably six or seven. (laughs) (laughs) I might have been too old then. Who doesn't like a good bouncy house? Yeah, I mean, something's wrong with you. Over two hundred different inflatables. So just go over to bigbouncefun.com or you can call 765-325-JUMP. All right. Uh, real quick for me, I'm going to plug. Uh, we're walking. We're doing door-to-door, and I could use some volunteer help. So uh, we've got some Facebook events out there for the Jeremiah Moral Campaign uh, group. Hit me up. We'll uh, we'll do some door-to-door knocking. And then there's a big open house. Uh, we're going to let the public in. You're going to get to see. Aaron got it. He <laughs> has go. killed I'm the leaving spider. it there for you, okay, Dakota. Dakota. <laughs> he's leaving it there. Uh, Just like being at home. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, he's not. He's the spider killer. He won't clean it up. Uh, we've got the big open house. So if you guys are around the area uh, and you want to see what the studio looks like and you want to see the uh, the new Libertarian Party headquarters, Saturday night, uh, there's an open house. I think it was from 4 to 7. You'll hear some candidates yep. speaking in here about 5.30 or so. So uh, the general public finally gets to see. It's your chance to see the see the studio and check it out. So yeah, come on out. And uh, the Jeremiah campaign desperately needs walkers. I won't be there. Yeah, I won't you're, be there Saturday because I'm moving. moving. So someone at least has to come take my spot. There you go. Well, the people with Aaron? the walk, the walk, like a rollator, a walker? Mm-hmm. No. You got what's the you gotta people come, walking you, for you? Door to door, man. We're canvassing. Oh. Yeah, you want to come? Yeah, you I can would. come. When is it? Yeah, it's Saturday. Saturday, Saturday and Sunday, man. I think I got some going on. We got we, we got to <laughs> wash your hair. Yeah. No, again, somebody that's been working hard and that's noticeable. It's a lot of fun. Uh, we've I've really enjoyed talking to people, meeting people, and you know, you go as you go do the door to door thing. It's a grind, and you you get tired and you get hot, and yes. then you and then you knock on a house and you meet somebody, and they say, "Man, I'm really glad you talked because I didn't realize mm-hmm. what was going on in these races," and that that gives you the pickup to go for the next hour, hour and a half, yeah. and and you get yard sign placements and you really connect with people. And then so, sometimes it, you're walking down one side of the street and somebody cleaning out their garage on the other side says, "Go away!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm not bothering you. Oh well. Uh, Skipping that house. <laughs> I, I, I want to personally thank Janine for running and coming by, doing the show. Uh, it, it means a lot that you're here and that you're talking to the voters and, and connecting with our audience. Uh, we've really tried to create a platform here for, to, that's open and equal to all, and we've been inclusive of everybody on the ballot and all the races we've talked to, and uh, very appreciative that you've taken us up on that opportunity. Um, there's a lot of times we've had people running for Congress where there's been nobody to interview against them on the ballot. I've thrown my name on the ballot as a candidate before just because I wanted voters to have choices. And no matter what happens in a race, right. uh, we need to make sure that people are actually applying for the job and you don't just got an automatic reelect. Uh, well, that means a lot to me. I appreciate so. it. You all have been very kind and open and sharing all your information as libertarians with me. And, you know, I, I always like to have a you know, room to grow. Everybody needs to be under that umbrella. And feel like they, you know they matter. So you're funny and smart. <laughs> we do our <laughs> And best. I want to come back. Can I invite myself? Of back? Of course, absolutely. We'll have okay. you back. All right. We uh, like return guests. Next cool. week and uh, next week we will have uh, two shows. Monday night uh, we're doing we're continuing the candidate series uh, with Chad 
Malicote and Robin Reno Fleming. They are running for the Henry County Council District 2. So that's the Republican Democrat. Uh, there is no Libertarian in that race. And then Thursday night next week will be Tom Furkinoff, District 6 uh, Libertarian candidate. And uh, I guess we'll put Greg down as a TBA. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So uh, <laughs> I think that's it. I think that's all we have to cover. And that's we will, it. We what does TBA stand for? To, to be, be announced. announced. Oh, okay. I thought it was yeah. something else. I'll just <laughs> we could, I, hey, in relation to that, we could probably come up with a lot of things. <laughs> you guys play the word game and we'll figure it out next Monday. You guys, uh, Jeremiah at BossHogLiberty.com, you guys tell us what you think TBA is, and we'll do the reading of the, the, reading of the acronyms. We'll see you all Monday. Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network, and I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com. <laughs>